I want to talk to you today about how mission motivates. Brian Sanders said, it's hard to get lots of people to agree with something you came up with. In his book, Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us, Daniel Pink talks about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is when a person's behavior is motivated by an external factor. I read a book or a textbook so I can prepare for a test. I diet and exercise so I can lose weight. I put in extra hours at work to land this big contract. If I do this thing, I'll receive this reward. Intrinsic motivation occurs when a person's behavior is motivated by an internal longing to do something that's meaningful and significant. He says this involves three key elements, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Autonomy is the desire for independence. Mastery is the desire to improve something that matters. And purpose is the desire to serve something greater than man himself. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry said, If you want to build a ship, don't summon people to buy wood, prepare tools, distribute jobs, and organize the work. Rather, teach people the yearning for the wide, boundless ocean. James Cars contends that there are two types of games that we all play, a finite game and infinite. In infinite games, there's a clear purpose. We, we want to win the game. We have rules that we follow. We keep score. Everyone has a position on the field. There's a clear winner and an obvious loser. James Cars contends that there are two types of games we play finite and infinite. In finite games, there's a clear purpose. We want to win the game. We have rules that we follow. We keep score. Everyone has a position on the field. There's a clear winner and an obvious loser. There are boundaries and scores and progression. Everything in the finite game is external and measurable. There are rules and limitations and restraints. This helps create order and structure. In the infinite games, the primary objective is to keep the game alive. Rules can change. While finite players work within the boundaries, infinite players play with the boundaries. Infinite players are often caught up in the, in the wonder. They laugh, they celebrate, they relish the surprise and often use it as a springboard for transformation. While finite strives to win the award, infinite strives for what Henry Nouwen calls fecundity or fruitfulness and purposefulness. If left to its own devices, the church can become extrinsically motivated and preoccupied with finite. Uh, let me explain to you what I mean. I grew up in a church culture that said bigger is better. A church of 50 certainly was not as good as a church of 100, and naturally a church of 100 was not as, quote, good as a church of 1,000. 
If we're not careful, we begin to believe that the church is structured around these assumptions. If we're operating correctly, then we would have more people, and more people is the measure of success. We want to find, therefore, attenders, inviters, volunteers, and members and givers, because all of that keeps the charts moving in the right direction. In the process, we've made a social contract with our people. Just come to church once or twice a week and we'll provide a worship service for you. There'll be a children's ministry, great music, and lots of things that will help you connect and stay engaged. Now, To fully embrace this notion is deeply flawed logically and theologically and tends to create an inferiority complex to those who feel they need to measure up. Now, let's take a look at the church from a different set of lenses. Doreen and Jim have a special needs child. They see the need for a community of believers who can support parents who have children with special needs. And so they form a group that meets on Saturday mornings in a nearby park. Parents sit together and share life concerns and favorite recipes, and they pray for one another. Mike and Karen are caring for their aging parents. They long for an opportunity to share in a community that can offer emotional support and share resources. So they form a group that meets every Tuesday on a conference call. And together they care for and support one another. They study God's word and they pray for each other. Debbie has joined a group of ladies who visit a local prison each week and meet with the women inmates to offer prayer and encouragement and support. Sue and Karen gather together every week and visit the local long-term care center where they offer light snacks and they join in playing board games and they pray for each of the residents. One by one, people are given permission to be the church and to create missional communities outside the church structure. So what if we set about empowering all of God's people in every sphere of life to be the church? Do numbers matter? Of course. Does structure matter? By all means. But if these finite and extrinsic motivators replace mission, we place the mission of the church at great risk. Some folks who are involved in a particular ministry may never come to the church building or even attend a worship service. And we have to be okay with that because our motivation is not to get people to attend. Our goal is to engage individuals in mission and forming redemptive relationships with people who are lost and need Jesus. So here's what we as church leaders can do. Number one, become engaged listeners. Seek out those who have a passion for a certain group of people and then become the consummate encourager. Set people free to dream about where God is leading them and then cheer them along every step of the way. And finally, we can be diligent equippers. Simply put, make their mission our mission. 
take it upon ourselves to provide the tools others need to succeed in their mission. I agree with Brian Sanders. It is hard to get lots of people to agree with something you came up with.